Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, author of People Buy You, and this is the Selling in a Crisis Daily Sales Briefing. Each day until this crisis is over, I'll be focusing on the topics that we're all worried about in this unprecedented time. How do I engage prospects the right way? How do I advance and close the opportunities in my pipeline? How do I find new markets? How do I protect my accounts? How do I keep my job? How do I maintain a positive mindset? And what do I need to do right now to come out on the other side of this crisis better than I am today? Welcome to the Daily Sales Briefing. My name is Jeb Blunt. I'm the CEO of Sales Gravy, author of Fanatical Prospecting, Sales EQ, Objections, and Inked. Today, our focus is on how to keep your sales job in this crisis. The number one tip is activity is everything. Activity means that you are getting up every single day and you're front-loading your day with the most impactful things that you can do as a sales professional. That means that you are prospecting to put things into the pipe and that you are doing the activity that moves deals through your pipe. Now, we know that during the crisis, there are fewer deals and fewer opportunities so that you may need to double up. You may need to triple up. You may may need even to do 10 times as much activity as you did before the crisis began. But the one thing with activity is that activity is tangible. Activity is something that your leaders can see. They can can see the calls that you made. They can see the appointments that you made. They can see that you updated your CRM. They can see that you're advancing deals. They can see what's in your pipeline. And the one thing that you never want anybody to do inside the crisis, the one thing you don't want anybody to do, and that is question your work ethic. And activity is a tangible evidence or tangible evidence of your work activity. Number two is make no enemies. Now, I think we can all understand this as sales professionals is in a lot of cases, salespeople are not the most popular people inside of organizations. A lot of people resent you because you make a lot of money. They don't think that you work as hard as other people do. So they're throwing rocks at the salespeople all the time. That's okay during a time when the economy's hot and everything is normal, but it's a real problem during a crisis when everyone's job is on the line. So you want to make sure that you make no enemies. And if you've made enemies, you need to go back and fix those relationships. That means that there are going to be people in your organization that are going to slow deals down. They are going to be difficult to work with. They're going to be tedious. And you're going to be out there on the front lines doing everything that you possibly can to bring revenue in, to save your company, and to save jobs. And it's going to be offensive to you when there are people in your organization that begin pushing back on you. As a sales professional, what you need to do in a crisis is have some patience, give them some grace, step into their shoes, be a little bit empathetic and work through issues slowly. Don't mouth off, don't get mad at people, don't throw a temper tantrum, uh, protect your relationships, do what it takes, work with people so that everybody sees you as a team player and no one sees you as an enemy because the last thing that you want is somebody hiding in the weeds waiting to get you when there's a moment when your job is on the line. Number three is becoming indispensable. Now, right now for everyone in the organization, your number one job must be focused on saving your organization. Let me say that one more time. As a member of an organization, whether it's a big organization or a small organization, your number one job 
is saving your company. And that means that you need to become the person that no one can afford to fire. No one can afford to lay off. No one can afford to, uh, to furlough. You're the one person that everybody counts on. And what that means is that, is that you volunteer for, for, for different work, that you put your hands out and say, I'll work till midnight. I'll do whatever it takes. You help other people. You help your boss. You do, you do work that you wouldn't normally do. You give more. And you come into work with that mindset every single day. I know a lot of people are working from home. In fact, most people are working from home. But when you're working from home, get up in the morning, reach out, talk to people. How can I help you? What can I do to be an extra set of hands to help my company? Now, I'm going to give you one bonus. I said I was going to give you three uh, tips. I'm going to give you one bonus. And, and my bonus tip is do not complain. Do not complain. If you go complain to your boss, just step into your boss's shoes for a moment. She just had to let three people go. She had to tell everybody that we're canceling the uh, the national sales meeting, that we're not going to do the awards. She's under um, tremendous pressure. She's trying to save her job. And then you, you're you the salesperson that's blah, 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 complaining about everything, complaining about all the things in our right, complaining about having to stay at home, complaining about customers not picking up the phone, complaining about the economy, complaining about whatever. Don't be that person. Be the person who walks to the door with a smile on your face. You're optimistic. You're the light that, that everybody wants to be around, that you're the one person that is motivating. And, and, and when you do that, people will notice. And when they're sitting down having conversations and they as the management group, because they're going to be looking at everybody's jobs and they're making a decision about who can stay and who can go, Trust me, if you're doing your activity and you're consistently overperforming on activity, if you don't have any enemies out there waiting in the weeds to get you, if you are indispensable, if you're a person that's helping everyone, and if you are a bright light in the middle of all of this negativity, you're going to be the last person to go. And they're going to take all the people who are not following my direction. They're going to take those folks and those folks are going to be the ones that are going to go out the door first. Now, this doesn't mean or doesn't guarantee that you're going to keep your job because there are going to be people who are going to lose their jobs and there are going to be people who do all of these things right. And through no fault of their own, the company is going to have to let you go in order to save the company. But here's what you can you can uh, count on. If you do these things, your integrity is intact. If you do these things, people will notice. And when it's time to bring people back, you'll be the first person back in the door. And if you do these things and you practice these things, maybe you even move to a new employer. But when you're in your interview, you'll have this spirit and they'll see it and they'll want to bring you into their organization. That is the daily sales briefing for the day. This is what you need to do to keep your job. Now let me turn to my producers over here, Trey and Jeb. What questions do we have? All right, start, start with you, Trey. Uh, first of all, uh, Harry Sprez likes to let you know that you give great advice and he looks forward to your next one. Thank you. Appreciate that. Jeb, Jeb. Uh, so we got a question on Facebook from Dan Deo. Is it insulting to merchants to reach out during this time? Okay, so Dan uh, Deo asked, is it, is it insulting for us to reach out and call people uh, in this period of time? Uh, the answer is no. It's not insulting unless you are insulting. So if you call up and you're a pushy, pitchy salesperson in the middle of all of this, especially calling businesses that are having some trouble, yeah, that could be insulting. But if you call people up and you just ask them how are they doing and just spend a few minutes with them talking, you'll be amazed at how many people will be so happy that you're calling. One of my salespeople yesterday called one of uh, our, uh, our our ex-clients, so a, a company that we had done business with in the past, and picked up the phone and just asked them how they were doing. And the person that, that was our contact there was so overwhelmed that we had actually made the call that she began crying. And she was appreciative and grateful that we were reaching out. 
And that brings me to one tip I would give you is that right now, one of the very best things that you can do is make a list of all of your inactive accounts and reach out and call them. So not offensive unless you are offensive. Now, uh, Jackie asked me a question on uh, on YouTube, and I want to answer her question. So Jackie is from Fernando Beach, Florida. Thank you, Jackie, for watching. And you are selling, uh, I believe you said electrical equipment, electronics, and you're used to selling face-to-face, -face, and suddenly, because of social distancing, you're having to move to the phone. And you were used to setting a lot of appointments every week. Now you're setting appointments on the phone. And how do you do that? What's the, what's the, what's the right way? What's the process? So the, the truth is, and this is something we all need to get as field salespeople, is people have been selling on the phone since the phone was invented. So the phone can always and should always be your friend. I talk about that a lot in my book, Fanatical Prospecting, why the phone is your friend. And if you can use the phone to set appointments, you can certainly use the phone to conduct sales calls. What I'd also recommend, Jackie, is that you learn how to use video. So for example, if you're selling something to someone and they need to show you, which is one of the reasons why you're a failed salesperson because there are things they need to show you, get them on a video call and let them show you on the video call. You have to get used to the camera. Uh, you have to get used to making eye contact with the camera and you have to get used to uh, to to how to set your, your scene up and your, uh, your technology up to do that. But it's a really easy way to conduct short sales meetings with people and still have that face-to-face -face going on. Uh, we've got a new course on SalesGravy University that we're spinning up right now called Virtual Selling. I've got a new book by the name as well that's going to address these issues. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that this is the new normal. So the one thing that I would do with my, with my prospecting, Jackie, is when I called up, I would say, let's set a meeting. It's going to be by phone. Let's set the initial meeting. Maybe you do the initial meeting by phone. Uh, then if you need to do a second meeting to either do a demonstration where you show them something or you need them to walk you through an issue or a problem that you're trying to solve and you need to see it, uh, then set up a, a Zoom meeting or go to, go to meeting or a WebEx or even a FaceTime meeting. You can set any of those things up or you can do it on Messenger or WhatsApp. Set up a video meeting and then and then go to the next meeting, which could be a phone meeting or a closing meeting. Uh, but one thing I will tell you is that when you have these virtual meetings, make sure that you are consistently asking for and closing for the next step. Because if you don't do that, these meetings have a tendency to you get off the phone and you've got some sort of a call me maybe step in the future, but there's nothing that's going to drive the next meeting. So as a sales professional, you must always, always on the phone or on video, ask for the next step. Who's got another comment for me? Jeb. On the Sales Gravy website from Roberto Pineda, should prospecting balance change right now? Phone, email, LinkedIn, etc. So Roberto asked a question about prospecting balance. A great question. And Roberto, it's a very smart and intuitive of you to ask this question. So should should there be a balance in your prospecting activity? So certainly that balance may change just a little bit, uh, but probably not a lot. If you are a field salesperson like Jackie we were just talking about, then yeah, I mean, your prospecting activity is going to move very quickly to almost all phone because you're not going to have the ability to get in your car, say, go to an industrial park, go from door to door in the industrial park and engage business owners that way. Uh, but if you are an inside salesperson and you've always prospected by phone, then the balance should continue to be heavy phone. Because I'm going to share the secret with you. It's a secret that I don't tell a lot of people, but it's pretty simple. The more people you talk to, the more stuff you're going to sell, even in a crisis. 
And the telephone is the easiest, fastest way to talk to people. It's efficient, it's effective. So what I would recommend, Roberto, is that you begin your day, front load your day with a telephone block. Now, you wanna make sure you're targeting the right prospect. So one of the things that, like, for example, what we're doing is looking at our inactive accounts. So accounts we've worked with in the past, we're just calling them and having conversations. They know us. It's a relatively warm phone call, and we don't have to work that hard. We just have a conversation with them. They know what we do. So if there's an opportunity there, they'll typically bring it up to us. So if you were selling to an industry that is not buying as much, you're probably going to need to take a look at how you can target your product or service to another industry where there is money, there is cash, and they are doing commerce. But what I would do, Roberto, is I would do this. I would set up my day and I would start running sequences in my day. So it would begin with a, a telephone block. So I'd probably run, you know, two 15 or two 30 minute telephone blocks. Then I would shift into an email block. And I would send out emails to people, uh, specifically prospecting emails. And if you've got a tool like we use HubSpot and we love HubSpot. So we've got a tool like HubSpot. When we send an email out, we can see if people are opening up the email. Those opens then become my next phone block. Uh, then you can move that into a social media block and then you can repeat again. If you have uh, customers that you sell to where specifically you're selling into those customers and, the, and you sell it to them on a regular basis and you have a good relationship, you might even add a text messaging block. Uh, so you can just send a text message, hey, how's it going? What's happening out there? Here's an article that I just read. Um, here's something that we're doing as a special. So you can add that on. One, one thing that I would highly recommend though is get very good at voicemail. If you go to learn.salesgravy.com, learn.salesgravy.com, we have a fantastic course on leaving effective voicemails because for Jackie and everyone else now, if you're making a lot of phone calls, you're going to be leaving a lot of voicemail messages. Those voicemail messages are going to count because people are remote and maybe you're leaving a voicemail message on their office phone. They're going to be checking their messages because they're still working at home. So get used to doing that. Uh, we got anything else? All right, Jeb. On uh, the Sales Gravy website from David Allen. Jeb, what is a good tip to keep a positive mental attitude during this crisis? I understand that this is all temporary, but it is easy to get bogged down with all the barriers that are happening. So uh, so David Allen asked this question on the Sales Gravy website. Thank you, David. How do I keep a positive mental attitude in the middle of all of this mess? And killer question. I, I talk to salespeople every single day that are that are feeling this uh, this hurt that uh, with everything happening. And, you know, it's funny, you, you watch 15 minutes of the news or you scroll through your Facebook feed for 15 or 20 minutes and you get completely depressed. So my number one thing is to 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 keep a positive mental attitude is stop watching the news and stop looking at Facebook. So when I'm here doing these these live streams all day long or I'm, I'm working with my clients or doing virtual training, I just don't have time. Like my, I don't there's I don't have the moment to stop and look. And I've really trained myself not to look at any news apps or look at Facebook during the day. Now, I hang out on LinkedIn, but this is a completely different thing. That's a more of a business uh, application. So that would be number one thing. Number two thing is activity. I know I keep coming back to this. And if you watch anything that I'm doing right now, I'm saying this over and over again. But activity is everything. Maybe you pick up the phone and you make 50 outbound dials and you leave 50 voicemail messages and nobody answers, answers you at all. But in that case, you at least did something. People could hear you. Maybe you get on LinkedIn and you touch some of your prospects on LinkedIn. At least they heard you and you did something. Because activity and, and action and momentum, 
that makes you feel like you're accomplishing something. So I would start there. Take action. Take momentum. And, you know, if you got to go look in the mirror and say, you know, I'm great. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to win because you are. I guarantee you're going to get through this and you're going to win. And no matter what happens to you over the next three months, um, you're going to be okay. You're going to come out on the other side. So you got to keep telling yourself that. And then the third thing I would give you is make sure you have a daily battle rhythm or routine. Right now, because we're moving into like week two or week three of this crisis, a lot of the routines that we initially set out to build for ourselves, we're going to exercise well, we're going to eat right, we're going to read every day. Um, we had things for our kids to do, our family to do. A lot of those things are breaking down right now because it's going a little bit longer than we thought it was going to be. I mean, as we talked today, we're talking about continuing social distancing all the way for another month from now. That becomes a problem, and so we start to lose our discipline. And the thing about discipline is a really simple thing, right? Discipline is simply sacrificing what you want now for what you want most. So that would lead me to my fourth thing, David, is make sure that you have some goalposts set out in the future. Don't allow yourself to wallow in uncertainty. Focus on those goals. Set little tiny daily goals and set you know, weekly goals, monthly goals, and goals for the, um, the next quarter. And focus on those things rather than what is happening right now. I know it's hard. There's no way to get around it. I'm not going to try to diminish the, you know, the, the negative impact this is having on everybody, everyone. But I know for me personally, activity and, and working hard and doing things, uh, I don't have time to wallow in the confusion and uncertainty. Anything else? We got one over here. Uh, from Facebook, uh, from William Roy. Are there any tips for B2C sales? People want to hide their money under the bed. Okay, so this is a question from William about B2B sales or B2C sales. So businesses selling to consumers. And are there any tips for that? Because people are literally hiding their money under their mattresses. And, and William, in, in B2C sales, you are in a particularly difficult market right now. Because if you're an individual and there's uncertainty about whether you're going to have a paycheck, whether you're going to have money, whether something's going to happen for, you know, to you in the future with your job, uh, it's going to be very, very, very difficult for you to sell to people. What I would do if I was you, depending on what you're selling, so I don't know what you're selling, but if you're selling high-end business to consumer, and that would be insurance, financial services, uh, it, could be, it could be automobiles, it could be jewelry, any of those things. Um, if it's something that people absolutely do not need, like it's, it's, it's not an, an, an immediate need, what you want to do is maintain mind share. Uh, you want to be someone who's giving value, I, whether it's just giving people tips on the on how to deal with the crisis like we're doing right now. But be that person because you're probably not going to get people to buy those things right now. Uh, if it's things that people need, like insurance and financial services uh, and things for their home, things that help them out, then what you want to do is start approaching them like this. So, so this might, may, might be an example for someone who sold uh, consumer insurance. You might say that, Right now we're in this crisis and it's a time of great risk for everyone. This is the perfect time for us to sit down and take a look at your risk profile and make sure that we have you covered uh, in the short and in the long term. And that would be an easy way to sit down with people, just do a risk audit with them and you're gonna see where things are gonna go from there. Uh, but it's gonna be difficult in the short term. Now, the one thing that is gonna change is that in a couple of weeks, people are gonna start getting checks and they're gonna get checks from the government. There's gonna be a huge swath of people that are gonna get a lot of money all of a sudden. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but getting a $1,200 check or 2,400 bucks or whatever, 
for your family, that's a lot of money. And some of those folks are going to be okay. They're going to have jobs. They're going to, their job's not going to go anywhere. I mean, all the people at my company are employed and we're making payroll and we're not going to quit making payroll. Everybody's going to have a job. So we know that's going to be true, but all those folks are still going to get a check. So they're going to instantly have disposable income. So if you sell B2C right now, you might want to start thinking about that, getting ahead of it and seeing how you can tap into that. And by the way, that's part of what we want to have happen. If they spend that money with you, then that money goes into the economy. The economy gets better. We get out of this, this crisis faster. Trey, you got a question for me. Uh, well, more of a shout out. Bridget Boyan from Penske wants to shout you out for being always an industry professional in the sales business. Hey, Bridget, thank you for the shout out. I love Penske. I know that you guys are kicking rear right now, keeping the wheels of commerce running. And if it wasn't for companies like Penske, um, over the road, logistics, making sure that, uh, that the wheels are moving on trucks, a lot of people wouldn't have the supplies and the, and the, the essential um, things that they need in order to fight the crisis. So, so Bridget, thank you also for the, for the shout out and, and a shout out for you and Penske as well. We got a question? Another shout out, uh, Joe Maxwell also wants to thank you for uh, the information. Hey, Joel, thank you so much. I appreciate the shout out. Fantastic. All right. We got another one. We got nothing. All right. Well, that is it. Thank you for your question today. We'll be back tomorrow at noon on YouTube, Facebook, on Vimeo, and on Sales Gravy with the Selling in the Crisis Daily Sales Briefing. Thank you for joining me and the Sales Gravy Clubhouse. Thousands of sales professionals and companies from around the globe have already enrolled in our master online course called Selling in a Crisis. Through 44 studio quality videos and lessons, you'll learn exactly what you need to do right now to outsell this crisis. Check it out for yourself or your entire team at crisis.salesgravy.com. That's crisis.salesgravy.com. And you can save 50% with this podcast-only coupon, Crisis50. That's Crisis 50.